your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to a crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blackhawks. Two of your daily NHL podcasts. And hey, hockey fans, you looking for more hockey news? Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening throughout the NHL. You can subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories happening throughout the league. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get podcasts. On today's special edition crossover of Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Blackhawks, Seth Topol and Jack Bushman look at some of the biggest moves made by the Chicago Blackhawks so far this offseason. Marc-Andre Fleury going from probably not going to play to now definitely going to play. We'll talk about the Seth Jones trade. We'll talk about the Brent Seabrook trade. All of that, plus we'll talk Wild as well as we uh, take a look at some of the biggest things happening for both franchises throughout the offseason so far. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild and a veteran Minnesota sports content producer uh, of the last 10 years and uh, the last couple of years exclusively covering your favorite team in the state of hockey. I am joined by Jack Bushman, the host of Locked on Blackhawks. And Jack, safe to say... It's been a uh, it's been a busy run for you, so uh, happy to have you on, my friend. How's it going? Oh, uh, it's going well, Seth. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I believe we talked <clears throat> last time we talked wasn't all that long ago. I think it was uh, a week or two before the expansion draft, and really ever since then, man, life's been uh, it's been pretty chaotic for me. But it's a fun time uh, to be covering the Blackhawks right now, and it hasn't been that way for a couple of years now. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. Definitely excited to talk about it on the show here today. Let's start with, I think, the most strange trade that the Blackhawks have made this offseason so far. Uh, That, of course, being Marc-Andre Fleury, who it was initially reported was just traded to the Blackhawks from Vegas for nothing. Now, there ended up being a prospect attached. There were reports that Fleury was not going to play with the Blackhawks and would retire instead. And so there were rumblings about if this was just some sort of a way for Vegas to uh, to get rid of that cap hit. But the flower is headed to the Windy City. Sounds like he, uh, within the last uh, couple of days, is going to play for Chicago because that's just the upstanding NHLer he is. And so just run me through kind of the, the timeline of this trade and, and your thoughts on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury being traded from the Golden Knights to your Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, Seth, it's actually a, a good one. Good good little story that you'll you'll enjoy about how I found out the Blackhawks got flurry. So heading into this week, free agency was on Wednesday, or this past week, I should say. Heading into this past week, free agency on Wednesday. I'm looking at my week, how everything's going to project. I'm like, all right, Wednesday and Thursday will probably be the busiest days. With my other job, I don't got to work till three on Tuesday. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go golfing Tuesday morning. That sounds lovely. Front nine, get through it in about an hour and a half, playing decently. Look at my phone, 10 o'clock, 1030 in the morning on a Tuesday, the day before free agency, Blackhawks acquire Marc-Andre Fleury. And I'm like, oh, first reaction is like, what just happened? And second's like, 
now I'm on hole 11 <laughs> now. Like I specifically took today because it was supposed to be my free day and the Blackhawks. So like now I'm in this middle of being like mad that I'm on the golf course and the Blackhawks just made a trade. But then in my head, I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, no. This is Mark Andre Fleury. This, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And then the reports came out that he may not play for the Blackhawks like an hour after the trade went down. I'm like, Jesus, I'm getting all the emotions in right now. So, yeah, that those were the reports that came out on Tuesday. Uh, one of the Blackhawks beat writers, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, he actually came out with a post on Thursday, I believe. And he wrote up in that report that a source told him that Flurry was leaning towards not playing in Chicago. So that was kind of the vibes we were getting towards the end of the week. But in the back of my head, man, just a couple things that I were thinking about with Marc-Andre Fleury. One, I know he did not want to leave Vegas. He wanted to finish his contract there. He wanted to keep his family in suburban Vegas. He didn't want to have to move them again. But with how it ended in Vegas, learning that he got traded on Twitter – after earning the Vezina Trophy in the season prior, I don't know how you can hang it up after that. You're gonna tell me that guy's not gonna have a chip on his shoulder? Be like, hey, Mark Andre, thanks for the thanks for the Vezina this year. You played great. We're gonna go with Robin, and you can go. Uh, you can, you can Jeez. go beat it. Basically, is what happened. So, even though that report that Mark Lazarus came out that Flurry was leaning towards not playing in Chicago. In the back of my head, man, I was just like, this is, first off, a fierce competitor in the NHL. He just got cut from uh, a team that made it to the uh, Final Four in the playoffs this year, and he was one of the reasons why he did that, and they basically kicked him to the curb. I just thought there was, after such a strong season, there's no way that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to be able to hang it up after. And then this morning, out came the news about 9, 10 a.m. or so. The Blackhawks tweeted out the flower logo and that just, or the flower emoji, I should say. And everyone just absolutely lost their minds about uh, not too long after Marc-Andre Fleury had his own video saying, uh, you know, he's in, he's coming to Chicago. He was about to get on a plane and uh, it's been all smiles for me ever since Seth. So it's been, it's been crazy. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to happen, man, but this is a huge addition for the Blackhawks next season. In addition to all the other moves they've made this summer and um and we only gave up a 2018 fifth round pick for him and Michael Hackerine. And I don't know how you could look at this as anything besides an A plus plus for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's like it. I don't even. I'm super good at coming up with like analogies and puns. I, I have nothing for this because this is just. It, it just seems like Vegas kind of thought that. they were just under the assumption he wasn't going to play anywhere else. So at this point, it's like, well, let's just, we can't really afford to have him on our books. So let's just send him somewhere. He'll retire and that'll be the end of it. And flurry to, uh, to take a, uh, a gambling term to borrow a gambling term. He, uh, he called their bluff and now he's going to be the uh, single handed neutralizer of Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala this season. And I (laughs) could not hate it anymore. Hey, uh, I'm not going to complain on my end, but I think we're going to get some good goalie matchups next year. If, if Cam Talbot can play like he did for you guys this past season. He will. He will. Well, i tell you what, Jack, I've got some other questions in regards to a couple of other trades. Uh, We will continue that, though, next. You're listening 
to a special Lockdown Wild Locked On Blackhawks crossover edition. And that continues after this. It's time to take your sports betting to the next level at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Major League Baseball is gearing up for the stretch run, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your favorite UFC and MMA action, too. So before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. Continuing our Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks crossover episode here today, Seth Topol joined by Jack Bushman. And Jack, I wanted to ask about a couple of other things before we turn it over to you to ask some Wild-related questions. Let's talk about the Seth Jones trade and extension because Seth Jones is a very hot commodity in the offseason. And I always find this interesting. A team acquires a player for a combination of picks and players and then signs them to an extension. And obviously a rich extension for Seth Jones. Blackhawks gave up a lot to uh, a lot to get him. So I want your thoughts on did the Blackhawks give up? Which was the bigger risk? The players and picks that the Blackhawks gave up to acquire Seth Jones or the extension that they signed him to after that? I think the bigger risk for sure is the contract. At the same time, we still don't know you know, what those picks are going to be that went to Columbus. Adam Boquist is still only 20 years old. So there's, there's a lot that still needs to happen before we can you know, dictate this a win or a loss in terms of the trade right. from a Blackhawks and Blue Jackets perspective. But to me, I mean – Certainly the $9.5 million cap hit over the next eight years. I I don't even want to talk about it because I don't even want to think that way. But if somehow Seth Jones, just if this regression that he's kind of had the past two years in Columbus, if, if that's real and it doesn't get better in Chicago, this can look like an absolute disaster because one, no one's, if he's struggling, no one's going to take him for 9.5 at that price. And he's also got a full no movement clause. So when you see this number, it's not as Blackhawks fans, it's very easy to think Brent Seabrook, Brent Seabrook, Brent Seabrook. That was bad. That was bad. 35 years old, no movement clause, a bunch of money, right? Yeah. So it's concerning. It is concerning. At the same time, you were going to have to pay that amount of money to get a big name defenseman in this kind of market, even though it is a flat cap. Dougie Hamilton just got 9 million. Kale McCarr got 9 million. I know, 9.5 9.5 for Jones might be a little too much, but coming into this, if the Blackhawks were to make a move for him or Dougie, I expect them to give up at least 8.5. So for it to be a million dollars higher, is it's not great, but it's also what it was probably going to have to be if we wanted to take on a number one defenseman of that caliber. So um, it definitely is a risky contract. There, there's no doubt about it, um, but – I think that's that's what they had to do in order to get this thing done, and that's what it was going to take in order for Jeff, for Seth, 
to want to play here. Um, but the trade, I thought I thought it was fair a fairly fair trade for both sides. Again, we'll see in a couple of years. We'll revisit it. Um, the only real gripe that I could understand is people who are upset about that second first round pick being thrown in there. The Blackhawks swapped first round picks in this year's draft, and then they also gave up their first next year as well. I did think that was uh, a little a little much, but. At the same time, they got to keep their first-round pick from 2020 last year in Lucas Reichel, someone who the Blackhawks organization is very high on. Heading into his rookie year, he came over from Germany. He's going to be um, attempting to crack the lineup come October uh, October or November. So we got to keep him. Giving up a first wasn't great, but um, Debrinkit, Doc, they weren't part of the deal. Lucas Reichel wasn't as well. So I thought it was a, a pretty fair deal for both sides. And Adam Boquist is a good young player who I think could do wonders there as well. So overall on the trade front, Seth, I thought it was fairly even. The contract was just a real like collar tugger. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great way to put that. And you're just kind of like, huh? But yeah, yeah, it's a lot of cash. He's the third highest paid defenseman in the National Hockey League. If he um if he ends up playing to that level, people are gonna love the move and you know. I, I have plenty of experience having watched a couple of guys who didn't quite live up to. Then again, how do you live up to a 13-year contract? Right. Why, why is that even a thing? Yeah, yeah. Those, oh. They should have banned those way, way before they did. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, having to pay the price for it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I wanted to ask you one final one, and then we'll turn it over to any wild questions that you have for the Blackhawks audience. Um. Let's talk about this Brent Seabrook thing because I um, I had my NHL correspondent on the show when we were talking free agency at large, and I basically used the Jesse Pinkman line. He can't keep getting away with it because, like, the Lightning are in just a nightmare cap situation. And so the only thing that we, as the rest of the NHL, the only thing that we don't need to do is help them out of it. And then the uh, the Lightning trade Tyler Johnson to Chicago for Brent Seabrook, who is probably not going to play at least this nah, year. He's not, go- he's not going to play again. It's, it's over. He's not going to play again. So basically, but, we can't keep letting them get away with it. <laughs> but we will if they give us Tyler Johnson in the second-round pick for a retired player because – that might be better than the Mark Andre Fleury move. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. Seabrook, he will help them though. Six point eight eight million dollars on LTIR over the next two years, I believe. And I think right now, Tampa Bay is projected to be five point five over the cap limit. Oh, so that's, gross! Yeah, so that's helping them a ton, and that's why they gave us Tyler Johnson and a second round pick in that in that deal as well. So I mean, it, I know. You can't push two trades together and make them one. But essentially on the same day, the Blackhawks got Marc-Andre Fleury, Tyler Johnson, and a second-round pick for a retired Brent Seabrook and Michael Hackerine and a prospect who I guarantee you none of your audience has ever heard of. Nope, I hadn't. When the trade went down, I was like that. I, I, went, to, I went to one of my standbys on Twitter. I was like, there's no way that's a real person. <laughs> 2018 fifth-round pick. Played in the Jeez. ECHL last year. Good deal for us. But yeah, man, I, um, I don't feel great about potentially helping the Tampa Bay Lightning go for their third cup in a <laughs> row. Um, 
But at the same time, I mean, that too, that deal is just too good not to take, even though Tyler Johnson's contract isn't the best $5 million for another three years, modified no trade clause. And his production's been dipping a little bit, but there's no way you could say no to that. There's just right. no way in hell you could say no to that at all, especially with the second round pick thrown in there. We just traded a second for Boquist. We get that back immediately. So it was, I think that was, uh, yeah, it was Tuesday. Just a, a great Tuesday for the Chicago Blackhawks. Seth. Jeez, I guess. Um, okay, let's do this. Let's um, let's flip it over to some wild discussion. I'm, I'm sure you have some uh, burning questions for me, but uh, we will sneak in one more short pause, and then we'll talk some wild offseason next here on this Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks crossover. This summer, Built Bar is helping you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Built Bar has amazing flavors, including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you're asking me my favorite, it's got to be the raspberry. But if you're not sure which one you want, get the mix box, where you'll get two each of the nine flavors. The best part, though, about Built Bar is they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges in calories from 130 to 180, contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Plus, get this, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Final segment of our special Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks crossover episode. And we've talked substantially about uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So, Jack, I'm going to turn it over to you for any wild questions that you may have for your audience. Take it away. For sure. So these kind of these two questions kind of tie into each other. Um, But the first one I have. Uh, I have to know, I have to start with the Kaprizov updates. I got to know the Kaprizov updates. And then after you get into that, this I guess this is technically a three-parter here. So the first one is give me some updates on Kirill Kaprizov because I'm sure Blackhawks fans and everyone across the uh, National Hockey League and their fan base wants to know what, what this guy is going to do. Yeah. And then the second part of that is not only is Kirill Kaprizov still a restricted free agent, but so is Kevin Fiala. And... The Minnesota Wild at the moment have just about 19 to 20. They have $19.7 million in cap space. So what's the updates on Kaprizov? And then between those two players, assuming Kaprizov is coming back, fingers crossed, what do you think those two would command out of that 19 million, 19 to 20 mil? It's a great set of questions. I'm glad you asked. Um, let's start with uh, Krill the Thrill and um, – an interesting note, and I'm frantically trying to find it here, um, but I saw it suggested that um, another, I think it was Ilya Sororkin, uh, was saying that um, he was in a similar situation. He did an interview, I think it was with The Athletic, with somebody, um, in that he was asked about the potential for going back to the KHL as opposed to just sticking it out and playing in the NHL and pretty much flat out said, like, that's not even really a legitimate option. And I actually, I had somebody on lockdown wilds. Um, one of the other Minnesota podcast hosts last week 
and we looked at what he could potentially earn in the KHL and Kaprizov's earnings, unless he's taking like money under the table would cap out at like a million and a half dollars roughly. So you're looking at either going back to the KHL, making like a million and a half or making a, you know, seven, eight, nine million per year for the next four or five seasons and then becoming, you know, an 11 or 12 million a year guy after that, maybe. So we've kind of been of the assumption here in Minnesota that that's been a bluff the whole time. It's just that's the only play that his agent has. And so you got to play it to death because it's really your only option. So... I'm still of the belief that uh, it's it's going to get done. I'm not sure if it will be done sometime this week, sometime you know by the end of August, sometime before the season starts it will be. But an interesting note that I will pass along to um, kind of tie these both together because Kevin Fiala also is in the same situation. Kevin Fiala was not one of the players that filed for arbitration in the band of players that did today. Interesting. You would think since he is arbitration eligible, if the wild were not close on a deal that he would file right to try to maximize what he would be pulling in this upcoming season. And so that's, that may have been an unintentional tell as to where things are at because again, if, if there was no extension really even close, you'd think Fial would have filed, but yes. he didn't. In terms of what they're both going to command, um, Kaprizov is still very adamant on a short-term deal to try to, um, to, try to maximize what he can earn um, after his next contract is done. And honestly, that's the right way to play it. Definitely. Also, also some concerns about the Wild being able to put a competitive team around him. Also the right way to play it. At the end of the day, I think the teams are going to meet a little bit in the middle. The Wild have been offering an eight-year. Kaprizov and his camp want three or four. I think they settle on five. And I think the number that ends up being commanded in this deal is eight and a half per so it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice sized extension for a coming off of his rookie year player in the NHL. Yeah. So I'll say eight and a half <clears throat> for Kaprizov. I'm gonna say Kevin Fiala gets a four year deal, and I think he'll get seven per year. And so Ooh. you have those two guys who then that would be fifteen and a half out of the nineteen ish. So they still they still got a little little money to play with. Um, the biggest, the most important thing for the Wild is to get those two guys past the Parisian suitor buyouts. And so, two years from now, it's like it's almost a sixteen million dollar cap hit for both, and that happens for two years. So Fiala signs for four. He will be he will be a free agent then after that final year of the big Parisi suitor cap hit. Kaprizov will be a free agent the following year. So you, at that point then, Bill Guerin has an opportunity to really cultivate that roster. 
And so whatever happens over the next four years, Garen can say, look, it's going to be a completely different team. You guys are the focal point. We'll get, uh, we'll get other players around you and uh, we'll just, we'll just give it whatever we can um, beyond that. And I, I think that is, I think that's the right way to play it. I just hope that there is a plan for how to, um, how to add good pieces around those two, especially with having to deal with just $15 million in dead money two years from now. Right. Right. That is, that is very tough, but it, it, if they do get those longer term deals, it would be very, very key to the future of this organization to get those guys have to uh, go and repay them again. Once Suter and Parise are off the books. Yeah. Um, but aside from those two guys still needing deals, a, what have you thought about the wilds off season up to this point? And B, uh, is there anything you still are, are looking for, for them to do? Or are there any, holes in the lineups right now or anything you'd particularly like them to address before training camp hits in the next couple of months? You know, it's, it's been strangely quiet because there is a pretty big fish out there uh, in Jack Eichel. And there's just this amount of money that the wild have that they seem to not be spending. And yes, Fiala Kaprizov extensions are going to be the majority of where that money goes. But like I, I liked the uh, I liked the Goligoski signing because he seemed like a pretty natural fit to replace Ryan Suter. Maybe the money is a little high. I've seen people suggest that that's the case, but who cares? And you know, Freddie, I like I like the Freddie Goudreau signing because he seems like a player who did really well in a limited capacity that could potentially take on a bigger role. So he could end up being a guy that replaces. Nick Bonino, um, I'm still devastated about that one. But um, yeah, it's tough. And then uh, they got Dmitry Kulikov, who I um, called Kukulov probably 90 times on Friday's show. Um, I, I think he'll be a solid player as well, a good replacement for Ian Cole. So the Wilds saw players that they had that were not coming back, and they replace them the best that they can. The biggest thing for the wild is going to be what do they get from Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, and Kalen Addison. Those seem to be the most popular three names that will come up and, uh, and be part of this team this season and beyond. And Rossi's working his way back after a pretty lengthy bout with COVID-19. He looks to be at least getting back to similar shape to where he was at before COVID. So that's very promising. Boldy looked like a guy who was ready to, uh, to tackle the next stage after lighting it up with, uh, with Iowa in a uh, short stint to end the season. And Addison played with the wild when they were dealing with COVID last year, and he looked completely ready to, uh, to step in and take a spot. So those guys, if they can kind of play above their level, I think that'll be good for this team. And, um, it's honestly really the only building block that's left is to just see what these cap numbers are for Kaprizov and Fiala. And maybe at that point then there is uh, is some sort of deal worked out with the Sabres after Jack Eichel's asking price plummets because teams at this point know what is going on with the Sabres front office. And um, 
Eichel's agents, what they're putting out there as well. So maybe his asking price comes down, but at the end of the day, we, uh, we've got a couple of years to, to try to see what can get put together. Then two years from now, it'll be some pretty substantial developments of young players. And then after that, come out of the gate swinging and uh, really add in free agency. I think that's I think that's a nice truncated way to look at the Bill Guerin plan. Well, hopefully, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully it's all good fronts for the wild on the, on their RFAs and um, Jack Eichel, man, I don't know what's going to happen there, but someone, uh, someone's finally going to offer something that's, that's going to make Buffalo say, we're yeah. not going to get anything better than this. And we know we're going to have to go separate ways at some point here, fellas. So I just hope it's not Vegas. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Yeah. I, uh, I'm Ooh. not here for any part of that. Sorry. One more thing I wanted to ask you real quick before sure. we wrap it up. Joel Erickson act getting an eight year contract extension. Risky. Do you like it? It is. I, I like the extension, but I will also acknowledge the risk because he's always been a good defensive center. Uh, took a really big leap offensively this season. And so we aren't super sure if this is like the start of a trend where he's just going to build, you know, every, every season is going to add a little bit of something to the arsenal. Or if there were some underlying things that maybe just led to him having a bunch of really good opportunities to, uh, to tap some goals in. If it is like a building block that he can hop on for the next several seasons, it's an absolute steal. Like if he continues to add value on the offensive side, he becomes one of the best two-way centers in the league. If he regresses offensively, or if this was just kind of a flash in the pan, it's a lot to be paying a defense-oriented center. And that's a long time to keep him on the roster, especially considering what we have coming up with um, dead cap gate. So I like the move. I think Erickson Eck is a great fit for this team because he's just such a pest on defense, and people just have nightmares trying to go up against him on the defensive end. But... If he doesn't keep kind of putting some nice offensive numbers up there, it could get yeah five point two five point two five could seem like a lot for a third line center. I'm not saying that's what he is, but if the offensive side of things doesn't stay consistent, that's probably the role he's going to be, right? Yeah, and if like if this team, I worry too that the Wild kind of are relying on him to be their number one center when that's not something that he is, and so yeah. So we'll see. I, I like it, but at the same time, um, it it, ha- it is a move that definitely has potential to backfire if he doesn't continue to progress. So that's what we get to see for the next eight years is whether or not he does. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's the risk that comes with being a general manager, man. I, I was I don't know what I was thinking about the other day, but I was just thinking like I give general managers so much, so much crap. And then in my head, like thinking about how I'd go about these deals, I'd be like, I'd be so lost. I'd be so lost, man. I'd be thrown to the wolves on Twitter. I would have been fired like a week into my tenure. (laughs) This guy does not know what he's doing. And well, that's, that's just a great, I'm a great armchair GM. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like every said, every Facebook Doug ever. Yeah. Doug, uh, Dean of Wild Facebook is uh, is an absolute. Oh, legend. Dean, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to get his name wrong. Shout outs to Dean. Um, 
yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good spot to leave it here for today. So obviously, for listeners of both shows, make sure to follow Locked On Blackhawks and Locked On Wilds for new episodes all throughout the week. Uh, do take note, we are going into off season mode. So for those of you who are normally used to five episodes a week, uh, you will probably start to see more of a three episodes per week format uh, for every show. So keep that in mind, but. As always, you can follow us for uh, all things off-season as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.